0: Good morning. I'm coming. How's everybody doing today? All right. Nobody answered. That's cool. Um, Father, we pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for uh, gathering us together to worship Jesus this morning. Um, I thank you for the rain. (laughs) Uh, Father, I thank you for this time. And I thank you that... uh, your son Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again in order to make a way for us to be in right relationship with you. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in my heart and in my mouth this morning, that you would have said what you would want said and that you would work at the hearts of, of those here today, that they, would have, that they would hear what you'd have heard. And Lord, that we would uh, go from this place encouraged to have a heart of gratitude um, and, and generosity. And to proclaim Jesus uh, to the world, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, welcome everybody. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm not. I'm not normally the preacher, and that, that's a good thing, probably. My name is Ben. I'm on staff here, and uh, if you've been around a while, then you know what this Sunday is. It's it's the week before Thanksgiving, so I'm preaching. That's what I do, and. Uh, yeah, so if, you're, if you've been around a while, you know what I do this week. If, you, if you've not um, been around for a while, if you, we've had a lot of new people come this year, and so you may not have been with us last season or you're here with us this season, we're really excited to be able to spend Christmas with you um, and Thanksgiving with you. And if maybe you're a guest, maybe you're from out of town, we're glad you're here, too. It's pretty awesome to have you. So uh, let me catch you at the speed. This is what I do on, on the week before Thanksgiving. Okay, that way you just kind of you kind of know if you're tempted to tune out because you've heard it before, I'm going to add something new. That's the whole point, right? So, so just stay. But you don't know what it is, so you have to, you have to stay with me. So, uh, but normally, here's what we do. We, we kind of come in, we talk about, hey, it's the week before Thanksgiving. And I just want to encourage you to slow down and to make a plan for how you're going to celebrate the coming Christmas season. Because it's really important that we take Advent, the season of Advent, to, to taste and see that the Lord is good. To remember that Jesus came, and that that's what we're celebrating, and that we're anticipating the second coming, and it should encourage us and give us hope, and it should give us a you know drive to go out and share the gospel with others. So, so I encourage you to slow down and remember what this season is, and make a plan because Thanksgiving comes, and you know you get into the season, and next thing you know, it's 2015, and you will have missed Christmas, and maybe you won't have got. Jesus like he wanted to in the season so that's the first thing I always say I've said it now so that's good um the next thing I want to talk about I usually talk about advent conspiracy this is just a it's just a thing it's not like a big ordeal but it's something that several churches around the country are doing and they just there's four tenets to advent conspiracy and it's basically asking the question is what would happen if churches around the nation did Christmas a little bit differently could we make a difference in the world And so there's four tenets to that. It's worship fully, spend less, give more, and love all. And so we'll break those down a little bit. And and that's pretty much the deal. And then I'll say, hey, could you make a plan and kind of incorporate those things and taste and see that the Lord is good this season? But, like I said, there's something to add this year. Uh, So before you tune out, because you think you've heard it all, just hold on, all right? Uh, Second of all, I'm not going to talk very long. Maybe 15, 20 minutes, that's good, right? I'm going to at least try that. And uh, we're going to have somebody else come and share with you, which is really cool. You may have seen their stuff out in the hall. We're going to have some missionaries come and, and speak and just share with, with you what they're doing, and I'm really excited to hear about that. Um, but before we do that, um, this is where we start. This fall has been pretty exciting for me because, uh, as, as far as church world goes, uh, we got to start this elementary class, which we didn't have before, And here's the thing, I never thought to be, I'm not a children's minister. I don't consider myself a children's minister or anything like that, but I've got to be a part of getting the children's thing going at the elementary school and that was cool to watch. And so I've just been a part of it. I've just been looking at curriculum and stuff like that. There's a lot of great leaders that are really doing the work and making it happen and I'm really thankful for them. But because I'm in that world and I'm looking at the stuff over the fall, I kind of know what they're they're teaching and and all that. And, And this month, at the beginning of the month, I was looking through the curriculum and I was sending it out out to the leaders and, you know, the preschoolers and elementary school. They have different curriculum, but this this month they're both on the same thing and it's on gratitude. Right? I mean, Thanksgiving. Weird, right? And It's November. uh, So they were talking about being thankful and having an attitude of gratitude. Cheesy, right? But anyways. uh, So that's what they were looking at. and I, I didn't think a lot of it. I mean, I knew that it was Thanksgiving month, and that makes sense, and and I'm good with that, but every week, as I started sending it out, I just thought a little bit more about it, right? And uh, here's the thing, I know that Thanksgiving Day is not necessarily a Christian holiday, right? It's just a time to be thankful. But the Bible definitely talks a lot about giving thanks. Uh, We certainly know that. And and I, of course, am a pastor, so I've got that down pretty good, right? Right? I'm always thankful for everything. Uh, I just open my prayer with things that I'm thankful for. Whatever just pops in my head, I'm thankful for that. Uh, you know, I know how to be thankful. I know how to pray. I know that we're supposed to be thankful for things, and and that's good. But it, it started hitting me: how many times do I actually sit down and count my blessings? Like, how how often do I actually think and list out the things I'm thankful for, and uh, and then take time to thank God for those things? So. Maybe this is part of it, too. You know, On social media, I saw things on like Facebook and Twitter. It's like these, these challenges where you would list three things you're thankful for every day. Maybe some of you guys did that. I didn't do that particular thing. That's fine. But I got to see what some other people were thankful for. And that was encouraging also. And it just inspired me to just take a few different times this month and sit down and make some lists. Um, and just write some things that I'm thankful for. And then to pray and thank God for those things. Just to spend some time in prayer that just giving thanks. It's just a thing. It's just a thing that, you know, I went through this month, right? Um, but this is what I started to realize as I was leading up to doing that, is that my mindset has been basically this, that, that sure, things sometimes get kind of tough, and I have some bad days, but I still have a lot to be thankful for, right? And I kind of feel like that's, that's where a lot of people fall. I don't think I'm alone on that. It doesn't even sound like that big of a deal. Sure, things get kind of tough, but... I have a lot to be thankful for. And I would be willing to bet that a lot of you have that same mindset. And so what, right? I mean, it sounds like a pretty good mindset. I mean, at least you know that you have stuff to be thankful for, and that on your worst day, it's not as bad as it is somewhere else. But what I realize is that I rarely spend any time defining what a lot was, you know? I, I never really sat down and said, okay, I have a lot to be thankful for. What does a lot mean? What are those things? It was just something in the back of my head that was just there. So uh, I I sat down to do this practice, and I know I'm just telling you a lot of stuff about my my making a list, but bear with me. Uh, During the practice of counting my blessings, I realized one other thing, and that's that normally uh, I think of Thanksgiving as a great holiday. We get together with family, we eat some turkey. Um, It's usually not very good. I mean, if I'm just being honest, it's not very good. everybody brings something and we have like a big feast, you know, and it's fun. I mean, we get to see family and, and all that and it's fun. Um, but, so holiday's a good thing but, but what I'm really concerned about in November is making sure that I have a plan to celebrate Advent and Christmas. That I don't miss Jesus in those things. Because what I know about Thanksgiving is that it gets here, Santa comes down at the end of the parade, Christmas arrives, for whatever reason, and then Black Friday happens at at Thursday morning at 8 o'clock. And so um, Christmas is here before we know it. And I, you know, I just know that it sneaks up on me and it gets away from me. And the next thing I know, uh, Jesus wasn't the reason for my season. Right? And so I get worried about that and I spend November planning my Christmas and my Advent and telling everybody else to do the same thing. But uh, this year I'm, I kind of realized that maybe Thanksgiving is actually a really good holiday to have right before the Advent season. And then maybe it's really worth spending a little bit of time on Thanksgiving. And so that's, that's the thing that I'm adding, right? I don't know if you're catching on there. Um, so the question that I was asking last year and the year before that is, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Advent? Because you should be. You should already be ready. But now I'm going to ask this. Are you ready for Thanksgiving through Christmas? It's not that big of a difference. I'm just asking, are you ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas? It's Thursday. It's this Thursday. This week is, this. look, look at your bulletin. It says Happy Thanksgiving on it. Right. I'm preaching about giving thanks. It's Thanksgiving, it's here. The season has started. So what do I mean by are you ready? Uh, well, we say in uh, church world, and maybe we don't say it because yeah, at this point it sounds kind of bumper stickerish and cheesy, but we, we kind of feel like, and I think it's a good feeling, that we'd really like to have you know, the mindset that Jesus is the reason for the season. It rhymes, it's catchy, we all know it. You can put that on a bumper sticker. You can uh, you know, put it in wrapping paper. It's, it's very nice. But that's something that we really do want. I mean, I think that most of us really do want to celebrate Christ's coming, right? But I wonder, uh, does it actually change the way you plan and celebrate Thanksgiving through Christmas? Has it really changed the way I plan and celebrate from Thanksgiving through Christmas? So... Today, we're in uh, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 18. If you want to turn there, um, it's not a traditional Christmas passage, I know, or Thanksgiving passage, maybe. But if you don't know what Timothy is, it's a really small book. There's two of them. There's a first and a second Timothy. If you go to the back of the Bible, it's like four pages from the back. No, that's not true. But there's Revelation, and then there's a few other books. Hebrews, if you get to, like, Corinthians and stuff, you've gone too far. It's right after Thessalonians and right before... Titus, I think. So, uh, but we're in First Timothy chapter 6, uh, 17 through 18. If you don't have a Bible, there's some of these on the back table. and Those are free. You can take one of those and then just, we're just on page 644. So turn to your Bibles to page 644. Um, all right, First Timothy six seventeen through 18. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. there to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share. So first, like I said, it's not a traditional, not a traditional Christmas verse. And second, I'm going to say this. The first part of that verse, as for the rich in this present age, it's not talking specifically to us. This is written thousands of years ago. It's not about us right now. But if we're reading it for about us right now, We, in this room, are the rich of the present day. Whether we think so or not, we are. And I'm not going to go there today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Because I think we can get there on our own, maybe through some of the other things I'm going to ask you to do. But let me just say that. We are the rich in the present day. So this is to us. Um, Next, it says, To charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertainty of riches, but on God. And I think, like I said, it's not a traditional verse for this time of year, but in a country where, in this season, America spends like $600 billion on Christmas gifts. Did you know that? $600 billion. That's a lot of money. I can't really, I can't get my head around that. But in America, we spend about $600 billion on stuff. And parents, I just was listening to the radio the other day, and I was talking about how, they did some surveys, and parents feel pressured to make sure that they get the best stuff for their kids, so their kids, you know, I guess don't have to play the comparison game with other kids. And what about husbands have to get the best thing for their wife? A Lexus with a bow on it? That would be good, right? Um, I'm not saying any gifts are bad. Please don't hear me say that. I don't. Fine, give gifts, okay? But. We spend 600 billion dollars a year on Christmas in, the country, in this country. Husbands get the best stuff for their wives, maybe if they're trying to compete with their neighbor to make sure that you know wives get the best one. And anyway, when wives for the husbands, maybe. I've seen sibling adults, you know, kind of seem to have like a like a a, a rivalry at Christmas to see who can get their elderly mom and dad the best thing. <laughs> right? It's kind of weird, uh, you know, but that happens. Um, but it does seem like a season where we just spin and spin and spin to kind of keep up or outdo each other um, with expensive gifts. And this verse makes, this passage makes so much sense to me in a season like that. Charge them not to put their hopes in these things that appear to be riches, but put it in something that doesn't fade. Put your hope and your trust in God. Put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Right? Maybe not those particular Christmas gifts that we're spending $600 billion on a year. There's something. There's something that apparently God is already giving us that is actually for joy. It's more certain than the things that we're spending money on. So, I told you... Man, I'm probably taking too long. I better hurry up. I told you I was inspired by our kids' ministry to develop this, this attitude of gratitude list, right? this, this counting my blessings thing. Uh, and this is the verse that they're reading. And it's in First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5... 16 through 18. In this particular Bible, it's two pages back. Really easy. But um, First Thessalonians 5:16 through 18 says this: Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rejoice always, pray unceasingly, and give thanks in all circumstances. That's what. Our kids down the hall are learning. That's what they're learning at home this week as, uh, as parents continue the conversation. Uh, so I was challenged by these two scriptures, this one in Timothy and this one in Thessalonians. Um, and I was challenged by our kids um, who are making some really cool things in their class. Like these two verses, one says, um, give thanks in all circumstances, and the other one says that God has given me everything to enjoy. And then I see these kids in the preschool ministry, uh, they're, they're making these thankful trees. It started out at the beginning of the month, it was just like a, a trunk. It was bare, you know, no leaves. And so each week they come in and they have these l- leaves made out of construction paper and they put something that they're thankful for and they put it on the board. And if you go in there and you see it when you leave, it's, it's a full tree. I mean, there's leaves all over the tree. It's pretty neat. No, I mean, you no, know, they're thankful for volcanoes and rockets, you know, right, which is Actually, it's pretty cool. But yeah, they're thankful for volcanoes and rockets and trees and puppies and things like that. And it's, it's pretty awesome. I was inspired by those verses. I was inspired by that project. Uh, if they could be thankful for volcanoes, which I know that God created. Right? That's in that scripture. I know God created those volcanoes. And I know that little boys enjoy volcanoes. That's why when you go to the Japanese restaurant, they make a volcano out of the onions. <laughs> um I saw that this week. It was my wife's birthday, and so, anyways, um, <laughs> whatever. Anyways, so i was inspired by those things, it's uh, to, to just ask myself, what was I thankful for? And I know I've been talking about that for a while, so I'm just going to tell you that I sat down and I prayed, and I started making a list. And I start out with Claire. I'm thankful for Claire, my wife. If you don't know who that is, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my kids, for Grace, Noel, for Jack. I have a third one on the way three, four biggest blessings in my life. My wife and my kids, for sure. Um, and you know, all the things that come with that, right? And with friends and you, right? And, and our partners in ministry and our friends and our volunteers laughing, playing, dancing, my health, eh. <laughs> right? Uh, anybody else's health around me, um, provision, God has provided for us in ways I, sometimes I don't stop and think about how unbelievable how unbelievable it is! He's provided us for us in big, big ways. I'm thankful for food. I know you can see that. Um, I'm thankful for food in my cabinets and more food in my refrigerator and freezer. I'm thankful for the food in the chest freezer in the back of the house and for in that other pantry around the corner. I'm thankful for all that food. I'm thankful for more food at the store and at the restaurant so that when I get tired of all the food that's at my house, I can go have other food that I don't have there or that I do have but I don't want to spend time and money or time and effort working on. I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm thankful for heat. It's been a little chilly. I'm thankful for, except for last year, I wasn't thankful for heat during the ice storm because I didn't have any. I set up a tent in my daughter's bedroom. But anyways, uh, for air conditioning, for indoor plumbing. And I know I'm just going there. Those are the things we're supposed to start Listing off, oh, we're rich. We have to list the things that were, make us rich. Indo- I'm thankful for indoor plumbing. If you're not, well, I mean, you, you need to think about it. My wife stays at home with our kids. I'm thankful that she gets to do that. I'm thankful that I have a machine that washes my clothes, and then another machine that dries them. I have a machine that washes my dishes, one that makes food go down the sink, right, or the drain. I have a machine for, like, cooking my breakfast really fast, like in 20 seconds, um, Coffee machine. As a matter of fact, I'm thankful for coffee machines. I'm really thankful for kettles. And I've actually complained about the kettle because you have to fill up the little extra water reservoir when it empties. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right? They make it easy on you, and it's like, man, this is really a pain. <laughs> so, we have all these machines that do all these things for us in America, and it's it's pretty crazy. And I I'm very thankful for those things. But things at the top of this matter more, certainly. You know, my wife, my kids, you guys, friends, laughing, praying, health. Those things matter a lot. It started to hit me pretty hard. It's going to start hitting me hard now. I'm not going to cry because I'm a man, so you can, you know. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it started to hit me pretty hard as I was praying. that We are incredibly wealthy. I mean, me and Claire are incredibly wealthy financially, monetarily. We have so much. I mean, we have machines that make little pods of coffee one cup at a time. What? <laughs> I don't usually go around like and I'm, not, I'm just not the guy that's like this that, hit me in such a way like oh I'm not poor I don't go around thinking I'm poor all the time but I certainly don't go around thinking I'm rich so as I was going through this it just hit me like wow we're really wealthy and not by our own doing that's the crazy thing like none of us in this room did this on our own I don't care what you have you live here you're rich and you didn't do it by yourself you did it because you were born here or whatever somehow you're here and you didn't earn it <laughs> We're just born here, and we have a lot. As a matter of fact, people are rich all over the world in different ways. You know, just in the friends and the families and those things. I began to get a little emotional. Um, like I said, I'm not going to now. But man, i a man. I can deal with it. Uh, but I, well, I started to get a little sad. And a little bit sad for not just me, but for all of you, and for, for all of us. Because I realized that how rich we really are, and that we don't really know it, and that it's never really enough. Even if we have that nice mindset in the back of our head that, sure, things get rough, but I still have a lot to be thankful for, it's just never really enough. I thought about what our students and youth have been doing uh, in, their, in the youth ministry. They've been going over a series called Comparison Trap. I thought about how we all fall into that comparison trap. We're trying to find our identity and trying to find our value and so we try to be better or have better or get further than the people around us or than everybody else. And we're just always like clamoring through that. It's always so noisy. And I get it, you know. I get wanting cool things. Maybe not even just to be in the comparison trap but because they're cool. I renewed my membership at Costco this week and I walked in and I was like, TV! That's amazing. It's beautiful. You know, what i mean? like, I walked a little further and they had some cameras and I was like, man, my camera's a year old. I wish I had another camera. And uh, yeah, there's jewelry and there's... I did not want the jewelry. My wife might have wanted the jewelry. I don't know why I said jewelry. And then there's like this line of snacks and more food because we needed more food. And like big cartons of meat. It was glorious. <laughs> you know, I get it. We want better things. I want a better phone. You know, I want a better camera. I want a better whatever. We all want better something, but we... We're all there. We get caught up in it, and it's hard here because that's what that's what is being sold to us. I mean, that's what we sell each other, right? Yeah, I got I got emotional. I got a little sad. The start stuff was pouring out of me, and you know what was? You know this is coming. Hopefully, you know this is coming. The reason I really was getting upset about it, and because I know that we have so much, and that we're rich, and that we don't even know it, and then it's never enough, is because I haven't even gotten to the part on the list where I was thanking God for His Son. For Jesus, right? I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just telling you that's that's what happened for me. Like I started getting real emotional because I realized I haven't even got to the part where I'm thanking you for Jesus. Jesus, He came. He made a way for me, and for us, He bore my sin, my guilt, my shame. He took on the eternal consequences and paid a penalty for us, so that we could, so that I could even sit at a at the desk. And make a list of things that I'm thankful for, I could be in a conversation with my father. He couldn't do that without him. None of that matters without him. So, he came so he could be freed from all that claiming for worth, knowing that our, fa- our father values us that much that he gave his only son. That's the gospel. Then I began to feel really absurd. I know, I'm just telling you the story of what my prayers were this month. I don't have like a lot of other illustrations or anything. We're going to be wrapping up here in a second. But I thought about how absurd it was to ask for more and to want more in a season when we do that. When I looked at how much I had in excess. Right? But there was more. So I kept praying, just thanking God for these things realizing how absurd it was that I had been asking for other things or even had an inkling that I would want these other things when I had so much excess, I didn't know what to do with it. So I prayed, you know, it was like, no way should I even know you or walk with you or talk with you. Should I be able to call you father? And that word, I called him father, and I just did it. And, and know that I am your beloved child. And I thought of all, this is, this is where it went, I thought of all the fatherless children in the world and our country by itself. I prayed for them then, and I prayed that they might know him as a father like I do. And before I could think about it, <laughs> it's dangerous to start doing this. I'm telling you. Okay? Before I could catch myself, I prayed that he would help me steward my excess to see to it that they heard about him. Right? And then once you pray that, you have to find a way to do it. All right. So it's, it's kind of a dangerous thing that I'm putting out there that you might want to count your blessings but you have a lot to be thankful for, because it's going it's to have to lead you to generosity. But this is what I'm finding, and what I hope we will discover together this morning, that in light of what I deserve, I have so much to be thankful for, more than I know what to do with. The only thing left for me to ask is for help in giving it away. Help in finding ways to give it away. Help in giving it away to the right way and the right purposes whatever. I don't know, you might hear it. He wants my money. I don't want your money. <laughs> you know, I just think that God wants you and me to be rich in a better way than money and things and stuff. And maybe we need to pause this week for Thanksgiving. I'm not even really getting into advent yet. Just pause this week. Make a thankful tree. I just told you how to do it. It's just some a trunk and some construction paper. Every time you walk by it, put a leaf on the tree for something you're thankful for. In the other class, this is really silly, okay, but they're telling you at home to get a whistle and call it the Gratituder, okay? <laughs> and so uh, you're supposed to, like, any time during the day, you can pick up the Gratituder and you just, like, you know, blow on it, whatever it I was going to make a whistle sound, but I don't know how. So you blow on the Gratituder and everybody has to stop and say something they're thankful for. <laughs> That's silly. Right? I know. And if you're like me and you're a little bit cynical and that seems a little bit cheesy, well, I don't know. The thing is is that we do walk around with the idea in the back of our head. I know things are tough, but I've got a lot to be thankful for. And that's, that's good, but sometimes it doesn't get into practice mainly because we don't want to get uncomfortable. Mainly because we're a little cynical and we don't want to get cheesy with it. So find something that will make you practice giving Thanks. I would recommend a Thankful Tree or a gratitude tree because that's funny. But, see, the tragedy is in that, the tragedy is in that because we don't practice, because we don't want to do the cheesy thing or whatever, that we kind of get tricked into thinking that we're different. But, and here's the Advent Conspiracy piece. Uh, It's not enough to agree with an idea about what this season should look like. It's not enough to agree with an idea and say no in our head to the way that many will celebrate Christmas this year? We need to say yes to actually doing and celebrating it differently. In 1 Timothy, the the passage we just read, Paul seems to be telling Timothy uh, that there's a different kind of being rich than just in money. I have no problem with money. Don't hear me saying that this morning. Just hear what I am saying, right? That he seems to be saying that there's a different kind of being rich than having money. He seems to be to say that, uh, that there's something else. There's something else is kind of where it's at, right? Um, and that it, it flows out of a realization that God has richly provided us with everything to enjoy. And he tells them to charge the people to do good to, to the rich of the present day, to do good and to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. So, I want us practicing thankfulness so that we're not just thankful in in thought and idea, but that we're actually giving thankfully. Right? It's Thanksgiving. It's not just about like, yeah, we're thankful, we get to eat a lot of stuff. It's about giving away thankfully. We have so much to be thankful for. How can we give thankfully? I want us to practice gratitude that leads us into generosity. Each, Each of us individually and us as a church. So that's what I Want to get to this morning? I want you and I to experience a season of Thanksgiving that leads us into Advent and Christmas, and into Christmas Day in such a way that we uh, truly celebrate the first coming of Jesus, that we in the first Advent of Jesus, right, and anxiously await His second coming, and that we do this by giving of our excess in light of what we, have, you know, what we deserve, what we have excess by giving away our excess and joy. Uh, so the, in, in so doing, telling the whole world about Jesus and about their Father who loves them, right? We do this by being rich. I mean, we have to wonder what would happen if all the rich people of the present day became more concerned about being rich in good works and in generosity than being rich and getting more stuff, right? I heard it's this video I saw a long time ago. Am I going to? controversial, I'm not going to go there, but it just talked about uh, how uh, America spends enough on ice cream every year to provide the whole world with clean drinking water. Right? What would happen if the rich of the present day, just our country, got more concerned about being generous and doing good works than getting more stuff and spending $600 billion on, on Christmas? It starts with us in this room. That's the point. And it starts with the Advent Conspiracy thing. I want you to be rich. I want you to do that with your time, your talent, your money, your resources, and your prayers. I want you to worship fully. That's the first ten of Advent uh, Conspiracy. Slow down. all that means is worship fully is just to slow down, to give thanks, and adore Jesus because of what he's done for you. Plan on doing it. Do it with a devotional or something. Plan on doing it. Spend less and give more. What does that mean? Well, it just means to give to each other in better ways than gift cards and coffee mugs. You give to each other relationally. I don't care if you give somebody a gift card. That's fine, whatever. But give to them of yourself. Like, give yourself to other people. That's a bigger present. People are going to remember that more. I remember Most of the big presents I remember are because somebody sacrificed to give me something. And above all, Uh, may our gratitude lead to a generosity that affects our community and that affects the world. So, God is telling us here that there's a better way to be rich. And what I'm asking you is, will you test Him on that this season? Like, actually, just test Him. He, God's telling me that there's a better way, right? That is not all about the stuff. And I'm asking us to test Him on it. He says that that's true and that there's something better. See what He's talking about. Maybe that richness is better than the richest we know of. So, I'm going to ask you to do three things, and they're from that verse in 1 the Thessalonians 5 16. The 18, it says, rejoice always, pray unceasingly, unceasingly, and give thanks in every circumstance. One, rejoice. Make it fun this season. Plan on making it fun. Use the gratituder or the thankful tree and make it a little bit crazy. Uh, but but use the fun things to express what he has given you, and you have and, and be able to realize the joy that comes out of that and make it fun to give away. All right. Number two, practice this in prayer. Give God thanks in prayer. Spend some time on it. And, for, and think about all the things that he's given you and, and thank him for Just spend some time doing that. And then uh, number three is uh, give thanks always. Don't just be thankful. Give thankfully. Ask God how and where he would have you steward your resources and your time and your energy and your money uh, in such a way that it's, it's a generous way to give away. Um, a good thing to do is just ask yourself what you would already be doing this season. Uh, what are you already doing? Are you going to throw a party? Or well, maybe just, they'll just entertain, but be hospitable. Right? Figure out a way to make it different, to, to, to make it better. Uh, and as a church, we're going to do a few things. And that was my real job today, is to tell you what we're doing over the next season. So here we are. We're almost done. Uh, as a church, we're going to do a few things, and it's going to be based on those, those three things as well. Number one, we're going to rejoice we're going to come to church on Sundays and we're going to sing and we're going to spend some time in a series on Luke just listening to those rejoice who were there when he came. The shepherds, Mary, Simeon, Zechariah. Jan is going to preach to a series on that and we're going to spend some time just looking at the, those who found so much joy when Jesus first came. Number two. We're going to pray unceasingly, and this involves you. You have to do this with us. Okay, so you can pray for that thing individually where you give thanks. I'm going to ask you to pray with us as well and pray together on this as well. Let's specifically pray for the nations. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. We have friends who are missionaries, uh, and and some of them are going to come share in just a second. We have friends who are missionaries in the Middle East, in South Korea, and Uganda. and so you could pray for them specifically. That would be awesome, and pray that people would come to know Jesus. Um, and then, uh, and then number three is be rich in giving um, to missions. You can give to missions. Uh, there's a couple ways you can do that. We have through the Christian Missionary Alliance. We have the Great Commission Fund. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but you can look it up. We can you can ask questions. There's a Great Commission Fund that funds mission all over the world. So you can give to that. Uh, you can. Uh, get on the city and uh, get into the Uganda group and we've got some more information coming on that we're kind of reestablishing a connection that we've had there before so there'll be ways to give to that and, and take part in that and then also what are you going to do with your local, uh, locally with your missional community be rich with your local, your local missional community donate your time together donate your money together and donate in such places in such ways where you can just give relationally whatever that looks like so I'm just asking you to take a little time I'm done uh, take a little time this Thanksgiving, through Christmas, and plan and be thankful. Like, find a way to sit down, make a list, and say the things that you are thankful for. Define it, and then give thankfully. Let it let your gratitude lead into generosity. Um, over the next few minutes, we're going to invite a couple people, uh, a couple friends of ours from who are missionaries in the Middle East, um, Troy and Kristen. They're just going to come up and share for a few minutes and. I would encourage you after they're done or after we get out in a few minutes that uh, they have a table set up out here. You can talk to them further, find out more about what they're doing. And also there's a little table, and Tommy Mangione, he's over there. He'll be at the table out there to answer some questions about what we're we're doing with Uganda and how we're going to start working a little bit more with them. And there'll be more information to come on that. So just stop by and visit them and, and see what they're doing. Welcome, guys. Thank you.